again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris, and we are here for number 200, which uh, I, we've talked about this before, Chris, but w- we didn't think we would get this far. I mean, I think we had a big moment at 100. We were excited, but to get yeah. to 200 is very excited, especially after a long hiatus. I'm excited to be back recording with you here. Didn't think we'd get to 200 and then the last month or so, I'm like, uh... <laughs> are we going to record that 200th or not? so it's nice to be back and nice to uh uh be recording and being able to actually talk uh, sort of in a way to uh, some of the listeners and kind of celebrate the listeners of the podcast who've stuck with us for all this time many of which have uh caught on later and then went back and listened to all the episodes the early ones which some of the early early ones sound real bad yeah. uh, <laughs> we always say that when was the last time you listened to because I, I it's been a long time i haven't listened to episode <laughs> one or two or uh, maybe they do really yeah. sound bad i don't know well the very first ones i had a very squeaky chair oh yeah i remember, I remember that, that squeaky, squeaky chair. chair yeah I think it's still here in the house somewhere but uh, <laughs> a very squeaky chair and i i you know i had a didn't have this mic yet yeah we had so, kind of inferior equipment and yeah so uh not not the best audio quality but still the topics were good and uh, i think the conversations have always been good oh yeah um yeah. And, and you know at first i was like uh, i'm not sure how long we can keep this up because there's only a limited amount of stuff but then you think about it and you're like no we could talk about, you know, a woman, a why do a full episode on that. You know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. it's like you can, you, we could, long story short, I don't think we're going to stop anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> and I, we know that you all have diversity in podcasts and, and lots of Beatle podcasts to choose from, you know, where <laughs> we listen to other podcasts too, certainly, but uh, we're grateful that you've stuck with us or have just recently found us and take the time to write and post on our Facebook page or Twitter or all these different places. So it's a a thrill still for us to be doing this and to get to communicate with all of you in this way. And and that's why this episode, I think, will be special because we actually get to hear a bunch of you who took the time to record a question, send it in via audio. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. But uh, first off, now, Dave, you you were you know we were off for quite a while, and part of that was because you were going on a quite a trip. So let's tell us where you've gone, and what you saw when you went there. Yes, I was gone on a almost a three week, a little over a three week trip, and it started out in as if listeners, if you heard the last few episodes, it started out in Liverpool. So. I, I flew over on June 27th or 26th and flew to London and then took the train to Liverpool to Lime Street Station and uh, got off there, found my hotel and was just so excited to be back. It had been oh, about 20 years since I'd been to Liverpool and it looks so much different from 20 years ago. So much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cleaner. Oh, it's not as dingy. It, it, no, it, they got no. color. It was in black and white before. <laughs> yeah, it's still there's still a little bit of black and white, but but, <laughs> but yes, it's much more vibrant. Uh, the the down by the River Mersey is very active. Some might say too commercial because there's a lot of commercial Beatles stuff there. But 
I loved it. I thought it was great. And I did all the highlights that you would expect. I went to the Beatles Story Museum, which is well worth it, even for diehard fans. Uh, there's a couple of rooms of memorabilia and things that you probably haven't seen. So mm-hmm. that was neat. What was something from that that you saw that particularly struck your interest? Well, I love, of course, Beatle instruments. And so they had uh, some they had George's original guitar if you look in that picture of that when george was i think it was right when he joined or maybe it was there's a picture of him with his first acoustic guitar Mm. he's kind of playing leaning back they had that guitar in a case so that was really neat that's Uh, cool yeah they had uh, the cavern kind of set up with all the beetle instruments so it looked like the cavern Uh, they had very rare acetate they had a, a manuscript page of George Martin's score to yesterday, which I was fascinated by and kept staring at looking at the string quartet part. And that was very cool. So well worth uh, going to the Beatles story. And that's right down on Albert dock right there. Uh, The biggest highlight probably was taking the tour by the national trust of John Lennon and Paul McCartney's boyhood homes. So you get to see the house on men love Avenue. And I thought Chris all the time, because <laughs> Men Love Avenue is could is that possibly your least favorite John Lennon? Well, it has to be. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I kept seeing the sign for Men Love Avenue, and I kept thinking of Chris the whole time. Uh, but they and so you got to go, tour that house, which it's fascinating, and we know this. But uh, John was raised, although he would speak about being a working class hero and yeah. being kind of the the working man his house is in a much nicer neighborhood than Paul's was. And it's a much nicer house than mm-hmm. Paul's. So kind of uh, interesting to see that connection. Very good tour guide. Um, you got to go into John's house. He gave you a lot of information. Uh, the upstairs in John's bedroom, I kind of had a chill uh, go over me when I was in his bedroom by myself because everyone else was downstairs looking at other things. And I decided, he said, the house is yours, go walk around. So I went straight up to John's room and so it was yeah. like, Oh, wow. This is where a lot of songs were written. That was awesome. That so, is great. Yeah. And then they take you over to Paul's house at Fourthland road. Yeah. And that was the, which we've all seen in the uh, oh, exactly. James Corden thing, right? Correct. Yes. It's that <laughs> house that you've seen. And so again, a good tour, um, in the backyard, I don't remember if they showed in the James Corden, I have to go back and watch it. But if you go out in the back, that's where the picture for chaos and creation in the backyard was taken Mm -hmm. as well as a lot of beetle photos of them climbing the, the pipes and climbing the walls. And, uh, they're all, it's like, I just kept staring and like, Oh yeah, this is, this is it. Mm. And, uh, and then inside, you see also the front room is where they wrote, John and Paul wrote a bunch of songs, including I Think I Want to Hold Your Hand. And then the guy said, and this is where I, I had to do this, of course. The guy said, does anybody play the piano? So, of course, I said yes, <laughs> and went downstairs and played the piano, played Paul's oh, piano, wow. the one you saw him play on James Corden. And it's out of tune, but uh, we did lead the whole tour group in a sing-along so i sat down and played hey jude martha my dear and i want to say maybe let it oh let it be uh, wow 
So we had the whole tour group singing. And uh, so I'll post a picture on our Facebook page and you can see that. Uh, and at the end, we were told no photographs, but I'll, I probably got, got in trouble because I, I asked some guy if he could take a picture of me at the piano. I mean, it has to be. What are you going to do? So what are you going to do? They kick You're you out. Yeah. And it's the end of the tour anyway. So yeah. it was the way out. <laughs> so a guy got me at the, at the piano. So anyway, that was really cool and just to see oh the police are breaking in oh yeah, <laughs> they're arresting dave <laughs> <laughs> gotta deport oh. him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was great uh and then the next day i went and did kind of a just checking off the list of all the other sites as many as i could find i went to george's house which is v- very hard to find and and very uh that's what i've heard it's very very strangely like you could miss it easily walk around not even know you're looking at it yes now (laughs) now what gave it away was the big magical mystery tour bus that was driving by (laughs) so i thought oh that must be the street up there okay i got it uh so that was saw that didn't make it to ringo's house but then went to to penny lane and i went walked to strawberry fields which are all very close to each other Mm-hmm. And when then the next day I went to the cavern and Matthew street and all the sites down there. So, uh, it was three, three full days in Liverpool and it was great. I really, I can't recommend it highly enough for Beatle fans. There were two people on our tour. It was almost all, uh, British people, but there mm-hmm. was a, a American mother and daughter who had just seen Paul in Knoxville. Oh yeah. Time. And so they were, equally we, as we had at least time. one friend of the show at that same yes that same uh show exactly <laughs> that's what we did yeah <laughs> so they were very excited uh to be there and it was just great it's just more proof that the beatles bring people together everywhere. you think it's probably if you're i mean if you're a beatles fan obviously that's the essential trip you need to take as to liverpool yes i would you know i'd, I'd been to london before and did abbey road of course to see all the stuff there and yeah. paul's house and all those things but but yes walk the crosswalk yeah you gotta do that and get a photo you gotta do that <laughs> but if you're going to england and you have a day or two for sure it's a good idea to go up to liverpool it's easy to get to it's about two and a half hour train ride and well worth going so it's a very good time to go to europe if you're american because the pound is i think it was a dollar 23 when i was there Mm -hmm. which is very good and then the euro because then i went to the uh, to germany and then i was in the czech republic and the the euro was a dollar exactly so there was parity complete parity so it's a good time to go to now have you posted a lot of these pictures online so so uh, the viewers can i will look I will do that. Right. I will definitely do that. I took some selfies, not great ones. Oh, I, oh, I forgot the other. My other favorite thing was walking to see where John met Paul. Oh, at the Garden Fate, uh, at the church. Uh, you can you go up to the church. Uh, Eleanor Rigby's grave is there, also in the, the cemetery. And then across the street is where I'd asked some guy who uh, he was a workman and he had just cut his hand, and he was. <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah because i just saw this guy walking i said do you know where saint peter's across the street i'm supposed to find where john lennon met paul mccartney 
And he said, oh, mate, it's over there. And damn, me hand hurts. And he, <laughs> he had just cut his hand working. So like I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just didn't know. And he's, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. He was very nice. Uh, and then he said, okay, <laughs> it, you know, if you think I was nice, can you write me a good Facebook review? And I said, well, uh, <laughs> of what? Uh, of what? <laughs> of you pointing over that other place? I know, across the street. <laughs> Five stars. Five guy stars. points great. Five stars. But it, this guy who is not very careful. No. <laughs> but in any case, yes, so I did walk across the street and there's a sign, like a plaque that says this is where John and Paul met. And then you can walk inside the hall where they played, the quarrymen played. And wow, that's very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and I, I was taking selfies and I could see someone actually in the church staring at me, making felt very uncomfortable. But you know. Uh, they must be used to that by now. Yeah. Surely there's a lot of people who do that, but uh, that was fun going to St. Peter's church in a beautiful area. It's near John's house uh, in Allerton. And uh, you also, some mysteries were solved. So if you look at beetle products, it'll say Calderstone productions, or it'll say Calderstone mm -hmm. instead of Apple sometimes or publishing. Well, Calderstone is a park. Across, next cross the street from men love avenue so it must have okay. been a park that john or some of them must have played at it's a very beautiful park yeah uh, so mysteries kind of putting together the pieces but uh, it is uh, well worth the trip especially for if, if any of our uk listeners have never traveled up to liverpool you must it is well worth it well, uh, I, I think I'm going to have to do it. I, I've always wanted yes. to go to England and, and oh, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to have to do it. And my wife is a Beatles fan too, a little less vocal than me. She didn't start a podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. About it yet. <laughs> no, but she's so, a supporter. So, <laughs> she's yeah. a supporter for sure. Yeah. Um, well, you would love it and, yeah. and you would feel the same kind of chills and uh thoughts that i had as you're walking and just everywhere you're reminded of them uh, yeah that the, there's just beetle stuff everywhere and and you know i asked one of the people on the bus i said who was from across the river mersey i said oh do you get tired of the beetle stuff living here and he said oh no he said it's <laughs> he said it's our it's our yeah. big claim to fame that it's like it's like asking a champagne person if we get tired of reo speedwagon like oh. no way man no, he said, we're very proud of our boys or something like that. I thought, oh, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. <laughs> so, yeah. So terrific. That was that was uh, very exciting. And I will post some pictures for everybody and and uh, we can talk about it further. So great. Uh, great. And now we will. Uh, shall we get into this here? Yeah, let's get into this. So we asked uh, pe people uh, if if they felt inclined to do so to send us some audio questions so and we got so we got a bunch of audio questions we got one written question uh so let's just he hear the first one all right and these are all they kind of run the gamut from all different types of questions so we'll yeah uh, dig in and see our first question here hello dave and chris and congrats on your 200 episodes of the I've Got a Beatles podcast. This is Anton Garcia Fernandez from Jackson, Tennessee and from the Anton GF YouTube channel. I would also like to thank Dave for that interview we did 
a few months ago for the channel. Now, here's my uh, question. You know that I am a big jazz fan besides a big Beatles fan. And so I would like to know what your favorite jazz performances of Beatles songs would be. And particularly, what do you think about the Beatle albums that Count Basie recorded in the 1960s, like Basie's Beatle Bag? Anyway, congratulations again, and keep up the great work on I've Got a Beatles podcast. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, Anton. And it was it was a pleasure speaking with you, and we hope hope to do it again. And you're a, a big supporter, so we appreciate that. We'll put a link to that particular episode, which I watched, and it was a wonderful episode. Uh, we'll put a link to that uh, so you can go to it and check it out. It's a, well worth your time. So cool. Well, well, Chris. So the Beatles and jazz. This is. I don't think we've actually we've not devoted a specific episode to this. Maybe some of these some jazz. Uh, covers have made it into our best covers but yeah not specifically on jazz so you want to start on this one yeah i really had to sit and think about it and listen to some stuff and so i do have three i'm going to give you three that i like a lot and so uh you can go out there and check these out one is wes montgomery the uh uh, uh famous uh, uh guitarist and his version of a day in the life really uh oh, tremendously yeah tremendously good you heard that one yes yes yeah. i've got i have the my mother's had that had it on lp um, Ooh. so i that's where i first encountered it i like that version yeah i just got a west montgomery album recently that i've been listening to a great great fantastic guitarist yeah. uh another one's a piano one mccoy tyner oh you're picking all my favorites <laughs> and she's leaving home his she's leaving oh, home is phenomenal amazing Amazing. Just blows blows my mind. Very very good. Got got. So you gotta uh, give that one a spin. And then the third one is uh, Gabor Sazo and Lena Horn with and Lena Horn with her Rocky Raccoon. It's very very entertaining version of Rocky Raccoon. So uh, give that one a look. Ooh, good choice. And a listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I picked. Uh, I also picked the McCoy Tyner one, uh, which, mm-hmm. is, which is amazing uh grant green is another guitarist who i like a lot of i'm a guitar player too obviously so i picked two more guitarists uh, his version of i want to hold your hand has an organ mm. on it which is very interesting and it's a trio i think so grant green's i want to hold your hand and then probably my favorite guitarist of all time in jazz is george benson and oh yeah his, his the other side of abbey road the yeah. album was a big influence on me oh yeah he's got there's a lot of stuff on that one that, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i gave that a, I, I think i listened to that whole record when we were uh, yeah. researching this uh i also listened to a couple of those basie ones he was uh, yeah, asking what, about what and the basie's beatles bag i find is very swanky it's sort of <laughs> like uh sort of like like you imagine you're at a, a party with drinking a martini or something while yeah. you're listening to it i like uh, some of the tracks a lot uh particularly yesterday there was like a really strange and interesting version of yesterday on uh the beatles bag basie's beatles bag yeah they're kind of they are kind of a mixed bag no pun intended here because yeah. I, some of the songs are a little they don't really work too well i didn't think they were kind of stiff uh i liked 
and I when I was reading about the albums, it said that Count Basie was kind of pushed into doing this to make some money. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. really a big fan of pop music, but I like the All My Lovin'. I thought that one was pretty good. It just brings to mind for me of like anybody who's been in a jazz band in high school or something, you'll eventually play some sort of arrangement oh, where yeah. they've taken some popular song and they've you know jazzed it up for lack right, of a better term right. and so it felt like that to me like a lot of like all right well we'll take you know eleanor rigby or whatever and then we'll make it a peppy jazzy yeah, big band thing so yeah. um yeah so mixed results but there are some really good like that yesterday i think is a really interesting take on it yesterday so yeah so yeah lots more to come so uh, anton if you would like to respond when we post this episode with some of your favorites that you would like our listeners to check out that would be great then we can uh, see what you think too so thank you for the question appreciate it all right let's move on to our next one hello dave hello chris hope you're doing well uh, this is chris messaging in from the uk thanks for giving us the opportunity to ask you both some questions now my question concerns potential future live performances uh, involving the Beatles music. Now, obviously, at the moment, we're all quite spoiled in the fact that Paul and Ringo are still touring. They're still doing live shows. Paul's just done Glastonbury, uh, just finished the leg of a tour. Ringo's touring with his band. Um, And whether or not you actually want to go and see them now in this advanced stages of their careers, I think we all have to agree that it's pretty amazing that, you know, they're still doing it uh, and they can still be bothered to do it. Um, but there's going to come a time quite soon uh, when, you know, they're not going to be in a position to be doing live tours, live shows anymore. Uh, so with that in mind, in a few years time, whenever it is, if Apple come and knock into I've got a Beatles podcast and say, Dave and Chris, we want you two to design uh, a live show which presents the music of the Beatles to a new audience. Uh, how would you go about it? What would you do? Would you use holograms? Would you use... Uh, video in the in the same way that Paul's been doing now with John, you know, footage from Get Back. Uh, would you go in a totally kind of left field direction with something like Love? Um, yeah, what would you do? How would you um, best present the music of the Beatles in the future uh, to a new audience that might not have been, you know, you know, exposed or experienced a live show before? So yeah, that's my question. And as a PS, uh, Chris, whatever your live show is, I trust it's going to include your favourite. Beatles song, the word. Cheers, both. Thanks. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the word. Yeah, the word is maybe they play it twice even in, in these shows. Oh. oh yeah. Well, that was a lot of interesting points there made. I I know sometimes we are a little bit uh, mildly flip about uh, Paul and Ringo and their live performing, but it is amazing that they're both performing still and we're. We're getting Beatles songs from, you could go to two different concerts and see Beatles songs from original Beatles singing them uh, at this advanced year uh, from when they were released, which is pretty amazing. And we're um, lucky that 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 can still happen. But uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to think what would happen First off, will will anything like this happen? Will there be a show, like some sort of performing show or something like that? What do you think? 
that's a good question. I mean, the, my immediate thought with this is, in a sense, we've already had a lot of this through the many gazillion tribute bands that mm -hmm. have been out there, including some with other rock and rollers, like the that group who came and played the White Album or played, you know, the, the kind of Beatles adjacent groups. So yeah. like Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees or, you know, people like that, or and with some younger guys too. Yeah. And so there have already been ways to keep the music alive through performance without Paul or Ringo left. So mm -hmm. that was my initial thought. And I, I thought you could do something, you could continue those kind of shows, but still showing video of the originals to keep that, keep them in your mind. I don't know. That was kind of my initial thought. Well, I'm wondering if this, so in London, they built a theater specifically for this ABBA hologram thing. Uh, you know about all this, Dave. Mm -hmm. the, I read about uh, it, and yeah. and um, it's apparently just an amazing show. So I'm wondering if something like that could be thought up. Actually, something like that, maybe in Liverpool, uh, yeah. would be a huge attraction for people like, oh, I'm going to pay the, you know, $100 ticket or whatever it would be. And I'm going to see two and a half hours of Beatles songs with holographic Beatles <laughs> playing them. They could even change, like have a few early songs, have a few, you know, oh, they went backstage and they changed and now they look like the, <laughs> you know, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Pepper Beatles, you know, and that kind of thing. So, uh, however, I'm wondering if any of that would happen. The thing about the ABBA thing is they're all still alive. Yeah. And they all agreed to it. And they even wrote new music for it. And they all went, you know, and got their, got the dots all over their body yeah. and stuff. And they're into it. And the suits and yeah. moved around and stuff so that you could get their exact, you know, sort of movements and stuff so i i think that that's what makes that uh show so amazing but it is interesting to thought of like ooh, if they did this for beatles it might actually be a pretty good fun thing and they could yeah. switch it up every few years switch in some new songs and stuff so that people come want to come back so yeah that's true I, I think what chris said there was that you know love was kind of an important way important marker marker in the Beatles story because it helped reinvigorate and introduce a totally different audience to Beatles music in cut in different ways very modern at the time so yeah I think there someone at Apple probably has the mind to do something creative like that that uh, whether it's holograms or video stuff or who knows but yeah uh, I, th I, th I don't know there's a lot of ideas out there I think we'll have to see what they come up with yeah i'm i'm intrigued to see it what happens going forward i mean none of us are looking forward to the day that no. uh paul and ringo have to stop have to stop touring or whatever but yeah uh, hopefully it's no time soon but they're both over 80 well thank you chris for a friend of the yeah, show great chris. name great name dude great name too absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll go to our next question, which is a, uh, a, a written in one sent in here. Mm -hmm. This is from Gilbert in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, my question relates to the brainwashed album, 
which uh, any road, of course, is the first track. Yes, episode. Yes, our previous episode, actually. And why is it that when George died, it was announced that he had some 33 unreleased songs recorded, but that most of these aren't on this album? Why is Valentine not on it? This was one that was meant to be. Why also has George been served so poorly by his estate? The 50th anniversary box set of All Things Must Pass didn't have the 2001 re-released album's version of I Live For You, nor that releases My Sweet Lord 2000 which means if you don't have the 2001 release, which I don't, you're missing these tracks despite spending a fortune on the 2021 box set. There hasn't been an early takes volume two after all these years. And as a state has given us precious little outside of the all things must pass stuff in terms of unreleased recordings. So Gilbert, uh, this is one of our, our hobby horses. I think we've, yeah. talked about this a lot because it's, it bothers us too. So I'll let Chris, uh, get, tackle this one first all those are certainly very fair criticisms um i think that there is more to come probably from the georgia state but it has been frustrating that it's taken so long and then we finally got that release of all things must pass and it was a little bit of a mixed bag if some people didn't like the remix some people then you know the very good criticism and like well there's why did why doesn't it why isn't it as comprehensive as it should be you know uh but i think we might be in a wait and see with some of this of like maybe they'll give, maybe they'll give us certainly dark horse has uh, has revived itself and is is i heard of yet more releases with joe strummer uh a big joe strummer box set coming out from dark horse so it seems like their company is interested in releasing material and it and then it also seems like george harrison would be there the having the george harrison catalog would be the highlight of of their thing so i think that maybe they're being cautious and careful maybe a little too cautious and careful uh because we want it we want it we want it all and we want it quickly um now you know what what I said, Dave, in, in a previous episode was that they should do a brainwash release. And they should have done it this year because mm-hmm. it was the anniversary year for brainwashed. And in that brainwash release, you would think some of these uh, unheard late George tunes that he's mentioning here would be part of that. Uh, so if if and when we get a brainwash release, maybe five years from now. <laughs> maybe we maybe we will see some of that material but it is very curious why i think that making the initial album i i can forgive them not putting 38 tunes on that and and just trying to make the best album they could make yeah. at the time but uh now now it's time that we'd we'd like to hear some of that other material please yeah i i don't have much to add apart from I, I know I've expressed this a lot, but I've been very disappointed with the yeah. Harrison releases. I mean, the, when they did the reissues or the remasters, they put songs that weren't even, in some cases, weren't even related. We're not even on the same album. There was one bonus track, even on the album originally so, or at the time. So it, I, I'm not sure what the philosophy is, or if you call something early takes volume one and then it just hangs. We all there's know. no where's volume two yeah we've been asking that for years just call it early takes 
and then yeah. none of this would have happened. So I really don't understand it. And I know a lot of people point to that Rolling Stone interview that Olivia and Danny gave two years ago and mm-hmm. saying that they were going to, you know, oh, we've got this in mind. We've got all this, these ideas. But- yeah. I've, I, of course, been clamoring for the, the live 74. Yeah. That you know, they've got that. List. Mm-hmm. They, they mentioned that in the article. I think yeah. that there's some live 74 stuff that that should be out there, you know? So I just think they've been, they've been cautious and careful about it. And you know, and that article also mentioned is very overwhelmed. Or maybe, um, maybe I don't know if it's that article or, or Giles Martin talking about uh, going through the material and that how much there was, and it's all cataloged and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes you'll listen to it, and then it'll just be nothing but chit chit chat. But yeah, we, it feels like we're getting teased quite a bit by the George camp, whereas the other camps have been better. Yeah, about getting archive materials out and better and better yeah. at it too yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sans the last year or so with paul but let's let's <laughs> let's save that for the end of the episode yes we'll get there so. yeah all right well thanks gilbert interesting yeah. question all right next up we how have... about a live in glasgow too by the yeah, way actually <laughs> yeah full live in glasgow we'd love that exactly <laughs> All right, here's our next question. Hello, Dave and Chris. This is Jim in California, avid listener since pretty much day one. I'm a first-generation Beatles fan and watched them on Ed Sullivan in February 1964, just two months shy of my 14th birthday. Now at 72, I'm still a big fan. I liked folk music as a kid and really latched on to Dylan. And then the birds. I'm a big Roger McGuinn fan. I know the birds were heavily influenced by the Beatles. I've read there were communications and connections between the two groups through Dylan and Derek Taylor, particularly during the Beatles middle period, 65 to 67. Later on, George had interactions with McGuinn through Tom Petty, who was a close friend of Roger. I remember the great performance of the Birds version of My Back Pages by McGuinn, Harrison, Petty, Young, Dylan at Dylan's 30th anniversary concert. I'm wondering if you ever followed the work of the Birds and if you have any opinions about their place in the folk rock movement and any thoughts on the relationship between their music and the music of the Beatles. Thank you for your great podcast, guys, and I hope you continue it for a good long time. All right. Thank you, Jim. Very good question and thoughtful, and you raise a lot of uh, important points between the birds and Beatles, which were two of the great, you know, a lot of people called the birds the American Beatles, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of connections there. So uh, I'll, I'll start with one thing and then tee it off to Chris here, that uh, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to see a couple of years ago, at a, there was a conference about Bob Dylan's music in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Roger McGuinn was the featured keynote speaker. And he came out and gave, he play, played some songs and then spoke and took a, did a Q&A. And somebody asked about the Beatles and he, 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 he he's a little bit different now. He sort of doesn't 
want to remember some things in the past, but uh, he said, oh yeah, we were friends and we had some interesting times or something really vague, but <laughs> we know there was more to it than that. And the, the famous stories of, of them getting together and hanging out in LA and, and during the 66 tour and times like that. So uh, I know then Roger, but Roger McGuinn did say, oh, the reason I be, got into this whole thing is because we watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and we loved Bob Dylan. We put it together and that's kind of Mr. Tambourine man. So yeah, big birds fan myself. We can go back and forth on that. Yeah. I like the birds a lot. I like a lot of the birds. I'm not, maybe not the biggest birds fan. Um, they're there. I think what holds them back from a, a higher echelon are a couple of things. One is a lot of their greatest tunes are covers of yeah. the, of the Bob Dylan. Now they're fantastic covers. And of course, you know, me, if you're just, if you're going to do some cover, you better make it sound like you, right? <laughs> you right. know, and boy, did they, they like, they like took those songs and they owned them. So the 12 so, string guitar that then George would take. And yeah, that, Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and so a lot of the, I mean, they're with, with some exceptions, some of their more famous songs are cover songs. Uh, so I think that holds them back a little bit. And then, of course, they did go through a lot of lineup changes. Great, Graham Parsons was in the group yeah. for just an album, and Crosby was in the group for a while and then wasn't, and yeah. all of that. But uh, I think some of their stuff is so essential, uh, particularly, uh, I think I mentioned this in previous episode that like Eight Miles High, or oh, yeah. maybe it was uh, one of our video episodes that Eight Miles High and Turn, Turn, Turn are like, the touchstones that I think about when I'm thinking of the sixties and the hippie movement and California and all that kind of thing, those two songs are like, just like essential. And they're also tunes. I just never, ever get sick of hearing, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're uh, fantastic. So um, yeah, great stuff. And, and, you know, and then later in the, the career wasn't as long, the last few albums kind of really were not popular, not ignored. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to speak to the quality of them, but um, there is definitely that sound though. The Roger McGuinn 12 string sound, and it's a direct line from, you know, George. Mm -hmm. um, and then to put that together with D Dylan's lyrics, and to give it all a spin of, oh, this is all about the times we're in, um, I think makes them makes them a, a great group. Yeah. But but I do think like it probably if people are naming off their the greatest bands of all time, they'll they'll slip down a little bit because of the things I mentioned. So. Very good analysis there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have much to add to that. I think they're what they did was provide a distinctive sound to the 60s that is obvious anytime you hear it yeah you always know a bird song because you can hear that voice and then the 12 string and that that sound is very identifiable that and very influential and think of tom petty where would tom petty have been without the birds i mean he and he's got that same kind of sound and voice and style so uh, it really made a big impact on a lot of people interesting question and but thanks for listening and thanks uh, jim and thanks for uh, sticking with us all this time and for the question yeah. all right next up 
we're going to go to another one here. Hi, Dave and Chris. My name's Nigel Sturrock um, in the UK. My question to you is, taking as examples the Quarrymen, in spite of all the danger disc, and the Mal Evans diary, what artifacts of the Beatles would you hope still exist that could still be discovered? Thanks. Thanks, Nigel. Very interesting question here. I, I, this, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punt and throw it off. Oh, you guys <laughs> dumping it on me. I think there's one thing that I'd be desperate if somebody found this. It'd be so great, and that's the stolen band on the run tapes. Oh yeah. If that's somehow great. those got recovered, I, it's very unlikely that they exist anymore, but. If somehow they got recovered, that would be so interesting to hear all those early takes of the band on the run stuff, um, which they had to re-record from scratch, all of it. So um, so that's one thing that comes to mind. And then is there any magical mystery tour or help some some video footage that they were rolling? but we're capturing the guys just being themselves, goofing around, talking kind of, I'm, I'm just coming off of that, watching them for hours and hours and never getting sick of it, of uh, get back kind of yeah. feeling of like, Ooh, maybe there's some of that, but it's like magical mystery tour era, them hanging around, having a, having a goof. <laughs> so maybe they can slap some of that together and make a documentary out of that. Those are so. good ones. Those are very good ones. Yeah, because I found this very hard because so much has come out. You know, there's even I think they've been verified. They sound horrible, but tapes of the the day John met Paul, you can hear him playing "Come and Go with Me" or something. It's it's very very bad quality, but yeah, yeah. There's like that's that's something that came out. I think for me, and this is not unusual. A lot of people want this too, to just to hear it, this carnival of light and just to, hear yeah. It. Yeah. You know, if who knows, you know, Mark Lewison says it exists and he's heard it apparently, but that's one person. We don't know. We haven't heard anybody else say, yeah, you know, where, where is it and why is it not out? And that would be something, it's not an artifact, it's a recording, but it's something that I think would help fill in the blanks a bit on something that's talked about mythologized a lot so yeah and there's a lot of these performances that were on the bbc where the stupid bbc wasn't keeping them yeah. so you're relying on some guy and i think there was a call that went out for a bunch of this material found some of the Beatles stuff in, in that call but it's like hours and hours of things that you know were broadcast that was like top of the pops like type stuff and things like that that were just like never saved properly mm -hmm. so you've got to like find oh this guy had an early vcr and recorded it or that right. kind of thing so um and then maybe maybe uh you know have your modern technology kind of rescue some of that stuff so uh maybe there's some stuff like that but Oh man, those being in the room tapes, that would be awesome. Ah, that's <laughs> a really good one. I didn't even think of that. That's that would be amazing if yeah. those were ever found. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
So good. Well, thank you, Nigel. Interesting question. Yeah. And, and made us uh, think quite a bit. So, <laughs> all right. Next up. Hi, Dave and Chris. This is Carl from Kennebunk, Maine. My question has to do with McCartney's future tours. When he performed on MTV's Unplugged, I wondered if it might be a preview of a time when touring becomes too much of a burden. I imagine him doing Unplugged-style acoustic shows someday with fans around the world tuning in by live stream. If that were to happen, I'd be excited to hear Mother Nature's Son, Heart of the Country, On My Way to Work, and Waterfalls. What songs would you be eager to hear in an all-acoustic show? Thanks. All right. Thank you, Carl, for a great question. This is a great idea. It is. Because, like, uh, recently I saw a copy of that uh, Shadow Kingdom. The the Bob Dylan did a uh, online-only show called Shadow Kingdom and played, like, an hour's worth of tunes. Kind of a mix, some early stuff and some what was it you wanted was mixed in there and stuff like that. And it was great. Mm-hmm. I was like stunned because I'd, you know, seen Bob Dylan a few years ago and he stunk. <laughs> Apparently now Bob Dylan, by the way, back to normal. Now he's great again. <laughs> like what is going on? But um, but I've watched several of these online shows. There's been and it's become like a newer thing of like, you know, Band of Horses did one uh, oh, yeah. that I paid for where I got like, you know, you see a full show, but from your own home. So I think it's a great idea to do this, but maybe do an acoustic sort of like an unplugged. What are some tunes you'd want to hear? If, well, if... that's that's the big question. So, you know, you and I are both huge fans of unplugged. You know, that was a big we loved that concert. We watched it a lot, listened to it a lot, and it was great. And I, I don't know why he didn't do that again or didn't give it some love because yeah. I think people really enjoyed that intimate setting. And I know he's done some concerts in studios and places for small groups of just acoustic numbers before, but that was such a well-done performance. And to hear him acoustically is a treat. And I know he he does that in his sets now, but it's the same tunes. Though. The, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. though about Unplugged is it was like, oh, that will be something, and 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 you know, yeah, you know, he did like several tunes that you hadn't heard him do. Bebop and I think, Lula yeah, and I think San that Francisco that's Bay Blues. Or, that's yeah. what we're eager for. Yes, I'm eager for first. I would think a lot of the newer stuff that we haven't heard. So here's a few that I thought of. Happy with you. That'd be a great one to do. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really good one. The Pretty Boys from the newest album. Mm-hmm. And then of course I've talked about Road, you know, being a, a very underrated tune. Um, and then if uh, nothing uh, an old Paul McCartney singing you tell me to me it would be that, just I, I was that was one I was gonna say because I know you and I love that song. So yeah. That was up there. Uh, Carl mentioned on my way to work that could that would work well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he already did. Do you want to hear early days? Mm. Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would go with your view. I think I'd rather hear more recent stuff because it's tailored. Yeah. Then we won't have the problem of, ooh, it doesn't sound so good anymore. Like, for instance, one of the songs he never played uh, in any show is No More Lonely Nights. Oh. But do you want to hear him go, 
No more lonely nights, never be another. No. I don't think so. So more recent tunes. Yeah. It's because they're they're geared for him now, or at least in the last 10, 15, 20 years. This also made me think of that. I know both of us have watched that uh, two-hour-long Parkinson yeah. from oh, around the Driving Rain era, right before Driving Rain. Yeah, and he played some new songs, including "Your Love and Flame," which on the album version of "Your Love and Flame" is not great. Yeah, but him just at the piano on Parkinson <laughs> singing that was beautiful. That was a so, big highlight. Yeah. So I could see like stuff like that where it's like, oh, there's this, it's just an album track that nobody ever thinks of, but he transforms it just by it being him and the, the piano, you know? Yeah. So, and I think, I think we'd like it on guitar and piano. I think you could go back and forth and pick different tunes. So yeah. Yeah. I, I would say my criteria would be as long as they're not songs he does now in the same in the like i don't know yesterday or blackbird or yeah any of those forget it yeah i don't want anything in this current no. playlist no i want no. i i'd rather have a don't let it bring you down or a distractions or a man yeah. who was lonely or any of that anything like that that's like older we haven't heard it a million times yep it'd be great and i just want to note to any performer anybody <laughs> who releases an album do one of these online shows where you play your album and then it's there forever. And then 20 years from now, Oh, now it's the first vinyl release of the live performance of Angel Olsen's new album, you know, from yeah, this yeah. stream that some people saw cause they paid for. It's a great, it's a, it's a great way to capture the moment to, to for future fans. Yeah. So I wish more people would do things like, some of some bands are are getting wise to it and doing performances of their full album or uh, one of the better paul things was when he did did that show where he popped up in egypt for egypt station he popped oh, yeah. up in the middle of uh new york so uh that would be cool yeah great idea i have no confidence that he'll do it but no yeah no. but it's fun to imagine and hey it, it's uh, it would be exciting to hear it all, All right. right. Well, I've got one more question here, and this this uh, has a little extra bonus to it. So we'll start with that. Yep. The sun is fading away. That's the end of the day. As the June light turns to noon, like a day, but here to stay. Congratulations for 200 great shows, uh, Chris and Dave. I've enjoyed every one of them, even the ones I haven't. Uh, my name's MJ Folds. I've been listening for a long time and I'm eagerly, desperately waiting for those um, Back to the Egg episodes. So um, before we get to that, I'd like you to each name, what is your favourite track from Back to the Egg? And uh, I promise I won't judge you. Well done, guys. Have another great 200 shows and beyond. Bye. Oh, hi, Ringo. How you doing? Um, would you mind signing this um, card for Chris and Dave? It's for their 200... Uh... No, no. I'm bloody not doing it. My name's Ringo. No, I'm not signing anything anymore. Peace and love, peace and love. Have an EP. But have a bloody great 200th birthday, guys. Peace and love. 
not signing any more cards. Oh, all right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, MJ. Yeah. I, I don't know how you got Ringo on there at the end, but yeah, it's great. He sounds a little considering terrible. he doesn't sign any. You know that famous clip where he's saying, "I'm not signing anything anymore, fans. Forget it." <laughs> so yeah so thanks for the song and and and, uh yeah it was very nice to hear from you and uh you know we knew it would come up at some point here we'd be asked about back to the egg and as we've said a hundred times paul back to the egg we're waiting we're waiting we need to do an episode so uh in lieu of it we'll go back to our remastered 1993 (laughs) that's right and choose our favorite song so whoo What's our favorite song off Back to the Egg? Well, I thought about it. Yep. I gave Egg, Egg a listen to. And it's got to be, for me, it's got to be Arrow Through Me. I love it. It's a really great, uh, a great beat to it. I know some for some people it's a little too uh, disco-y. Yeah. But uh, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a good song, too. It's a weird phrase, too. <laughs> arrow Through Could've Me. Could have put an arrow right through me. Yeah, this was so strange. So it's it's what I it, it, everything I like about Paul, I like his weird phrasing and <laughs> just strange, you know, like a power power cut. And, you know, so there's other tunes like that where it's like, who's who's ever going to write a song called Power Cut? But yeah, I like Arrow Through Me. I think it's a good song and great. It sings fantastically on it. And yeah, so yeah. good tune. It is a good tune. And I figured you were going to pick that. So I didn't choose it because <laughs> it, it is one of my favorites on the album too. I love the jazziness of it. And the, the chord progression we've talked about is pretty slinky. Yeah. And, and kind of intricate. Um, but I chose getting closer, uh, which I, mm-hmm. I like a lot. I probably yeah. just for my salamander, I had to, <laughs> yeah. had to pick it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good catchy tune. It's a good rocker. Uh, I like the chorus. The background vocals is really are really great, and it's got that. Uh, if you don't love me, my salamand. Yeah. It's got a good sound to it, so I I like it. Good singing. You play that record, you'll find yourself singing one or both of those. Yeah, for a couple of days in your head. Yeah, getting closer to your. Love. Yeah, I like I really like those uh background vocals there in that section too. Yeah. So yeah, two good songs. Yeah, definitely. So, so we'll what do we think about the rest of the egg? You'll find out. Dot dot dot. Who knows? Because Who knows? we still haven't gotten the announcement of a release. We did get the announcement of some release though, Dave. Yes. So yes, well that that does it for our questions. And so thank you, everybody who took the time to uh, uh, record your questions or write in and uh, yeah. hope you enjoyed uh, our little uh, Q&A for 200. Now we'll move to, yes, uh, a little well, update we... to close the episode off here with some Beatle news and releases and updates. So yeah, you, you were teasing something right there. Well, we heard Ringo talking there. And he yes. was, he can't sign the autographs because he's too busy getting, getting his release properly uh, <laughs> ready for E. What do you think of the title, Ringo EP3? 
what words can one give? I mean, uh, uh, could, could it be the worst? I, is it the worst title of an EP ever? It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, EP3 available September 16th digitally and on CD and on 10-inch vinyl as a limited edition translucent royal blue cassette on oh. November 18th, 2022. Dave's got his pre-order in for that. I've got my pre-order in for everything like I did for the last one. I wanted that red cassette, so now it's blue. Yeah. Here's Ringo's quote about it. I'm in my... St- I'm in my studio writing and recording every chance I get. It's what I've always done and will continue to do. And releasing EP3s more frequently allows me to continue to be creative and give each song a little more love. <laughs> so there, there it is. That's from Ringo. And here are the tracks. Okay, so we heard the track World Go Round. Of course, a very, um, well, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll save our reviews. But yeah, what do you think of anything and you've heard that track so we'll save what we think about that track for our upcoming review of the ep yes uh but just based on the give us a a level from one to ten on your excitement when you hear these titles okay here's here's the next title okay everyone and everything (laughs) okay (laughs) One to ten, you real oh, excited. For each track, That's for a each ten. Track. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, uh, zero. Okay. Zero. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's got to be one, dude. Come on. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Let's be friends. Oh, wow. Man. Let's be friends. How do you think that one's going to be? Whew. Point five. Uh, now, okay. Now back to everyone and everything. Written by Linda Perry. Of course, oh, he's yeah. collaborated with before the What's Up singer from yes. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if I say that Let's Be Friends has an infectious dance groove, does that excite you? And that Bruce Sugar guess. and Sam <laughs> Hollander's involved? Could could there be a, uh, is it maybe a, a reggae influence dance beat? It's not. They're not saying anything about reggae. Okay. On that. So. We'll that's, see. That's become a, a regular trope. So yeah. But when I said infection stance group, you went from 0.5 to back up to one. There. I got back to one. Yep. So yep. and then this one written by Ringo Starr and Bruce Sugar, the soothing rhythmic sound of free your soul. <laughs> oh. Now this also has Dave featuring Dave Cause. Oh. Saxophonist. Saxophonist. And Jose on Antonio Rodriguez on nylon guitar. Right. That one, I'm now I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. intrigued. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm, I'm like a four on that one or a four <laughs> or a five on that one. So and then world go round. Of course, yeah. world go round. Remember about- Steve Steve Luke Ether and Joseph Williams. But we've heard that one before. Yeah, we've already heard that. So we already know. Yeah. So Oof. all right. Yeah, it's well- a it's a rough, it's a rough. I mean, we'll be reviewing it. We'll save our, yeah. I mean, we are prejudging it here, we but are. that's the prejudge is based on two other EPs that were a mediocre at best. Yeah. Um, and that this one, they didn't even bother to come up with a, like, why not we'll go around or yeah, just name every, it, name it every, uh, free your every, soul, free your soul. Hey, that's even better than 
That's actually a better EP3. I, I kind of like Free Your Soul as a good title. Yeah. But EP3, so, wow. Yeah. Well, a lot of the hubbub and discussion I saw from various people is about the cost benefit analysis of having three four song EPs that could easily have added up to a uh, an album and the fact that they're charging was it 12.98 or 13 bucks something like that for the the vinyl 10 inch vinyl which is insane so yeah the the cost again we know that the usual caveat you don't have to buy any of this you can just listen that's true or youtube yeah but but it is a little bit taking advantage of the situation i think i think it is and i i'm just like i don't know i don't like eps generally I, I dismiss them as a general rule, yeah. you know, um, if it was like, uh, there used to be a uh, Bell and Sebastian used to release EPs, but then they, and they'd have nothing from the EP on their albums. And then they mm-hmm. do two, a couple of EPs and they do an album and it was like coming out as, as a pretty regular thing. That's not what Ringo's doing here. He's like, I'm tired of putting together a full album, so I'm just going to put four songs out, and I'm going to charge basically almost the same amount as the full album. It, it would be something if, like, we were, like, blown away by them. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you know what? These four songs are great. Right. I, that hasn't been the case yet. So no. we'll see when this one comes out. We'll give it our our unadulterated review now there was a release between oh, i say one more thing though about that yes uh, is it curious that the the it'll be released i guess on streaming in september and then you have to wait two more months till november to get a physical copy is that odd well that's the way it happened for the previous one oh, yeah, so i, I, I don't i'm not sure why they're doing it that way like why why i yeah. don't i don't get it uh, it, it would almost seem like it's hurting sales well that's what i was thinking exactly <laughs> yeah i don't understand so, the reasoning so. yeah yeah the whole thing's a mystery that has that happens with other artists too and i'm like why not just release it digitally when the yeah when the release it on streaming when the the physical release comes out exactly. otherwise you know what's the incentive I I know, yeah very 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 strange very strange mm-hmm. now we did. I know you went to the stores on Friday, Dave. Oh, this past Friday, and you got your Paul one two three, oh, or three two one, or whatever it's called. <laughs> McCartney, the the three McCartneys all bundled together in a mm. box set together. So, did I buy that along with my Get Back DVD Blu-ray set? Yeah, that came out too. Yeah, that came out too. Now the Get Back blu-ray set and and great you know like like some people you know even if you saw it streaming if you paid for the streaming and you saw it streaming you want to have a copy of that great sure wonderful but this paul release is just i mean we slammed it at the time it was it was announced and i'm still slamming it i'm not purchasing it no one needs to purchase this if you did purchase this you're probably just a collector who's who's uh interested in uh holding on to something and putting on your shelf for uh 20 years and then selling it (laughs) so um because unwrapped because there'd be no reason to wrap unwrap this look at the contents within it 
play it yeah. there's much better uh you know you you bought you already bought your mccartney 3 maybe you bought 10 copies of mccartney 3 already uh when it came out a couple of years ago and <laughs> all, all colors these different color variants yeah. and all that so i just i'm very much a thumbs way down on this release and uh, hopefully now that we're past it we'll get an announcement of another paul release that that's usually the way it goes yeah. they wait till something comes out and then wait two or three weeks or a month and then oh guess what there's gonna be this maybe we'll yeah. finally get a paul announcement but i've heard no no not rumors quiet. of anything it's been very quiet on the paul front the rumors i have heard have you heard any rumors, Dave? I have heard rumors. I would just finish that segment by saying that uh, even the the McCartney camp, the hype was kind of weak. It was kind of like, oh, if you, even here, here's a chance to get all these albums. You pro- they've been out a while, but you know maybe here's, here's your chance. Uh, yeah. go buy them now. And yeah, it can, it's really gratuitous. And if you want to hear Chris, he, he was much more mellow there. You were much more mellow in that <laughs> in that dressing down. If you want to yeah. hear him fired up, go back to our last episode and you'll hear him. Well, I'm hearing the main one is some sort of revolver mm-hmm. uh, set coming yeah, up. I've heard that too. Mm-hmm. I, obviously. Not, not be... verified, but not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, don't, we don't know anything. No. Guys. Nothing official. Uh, but if we're getting revolver i'd be a little surprised yeah me too that we're getting that next and not something else next but obviously thrilled and i'm buying it and i'm probably buying it on uh, if revolver comes out i hope they do the same thing they did with the let it be set and there's a vinyl set that's equal to yeah the cd set that's the only hope that i have that if i see anything different i'll be uh confused by but hopefully we get that um that would be great i don't know what to think because i it's just a rumor and uh, i'm not sure yet and then we continue to hear rumors about that there'd be a john lennon sometime in new york city which i think would be great if there's like additional material to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if they I, I the, that album probably does need some uh, help <laughs> as far as the remastering processes and all of that to sound a little, little better. There's some worthy tracks on there. There's some, you know, we talked about a troublesome track or two. Oh yeah. <laughs> so well, we, yeah, yeah, we. I heard some some somebody wrote about. Well, it might be they're saving it for John's birthday, which would be in October. October. So that, might make sense uh, mm-hmm. but but i don't know we're in it's already you know today we're recording on august 7th so yep. things take some time and maybe they'll time them more towards the holidays you never know when they do these things or there'll be a mccartney release or there'll be nothing and we'll yeah these will all be rumors and here's if the- there's no more mccartney release this year i'm going to be very confused by what their what their whole strategy is here this year because last year they kind of did a very good job without having an archive release they did a good job of like well we got that whole particularly the lyrics book was was spectacular very good and you know we got a few other things there but uh (laughs) yeah um i'm i'm wanting something paul 
I'm just waiting to, and we were just waiting to spend some money. And then, and then the stupid McCartney three, two, one thing comes out. It's like, yeah, I know. So anyway, we'll see, but it's, it's kind of, we're in the dog days of summer right now. So once kids start going back to school and, and summer's over after labor day in the U S and, you know, maybe after September and Europe, everywhere else, we'll start to see some more confirmed rumors or some actual uh, announcements so yeah we'll see and you can guarantee we will be on it and we'll let you know whatever we find out now it's been a little bit slow getting these things out but uh on over on our youtube channel probably around the time you're listening to this uh shortly after that you'll be able to go and watch a new song album career and it's song woodstock so we dive into the many different versions yeah. of woodstock and a very great spirited conversation there i think uh, uh w- well worth your your time so uh give that a look there's a new a, since we recorded that there's been a new uh more joni mitchell coming well, out and, uh, <laughs> very timely with her uh, yeah with the, uh, not only the releases but the fact that she was actually per- performing and singing yeah just a couple yeah. weeks ago uh, and sang a bunch of her songs both sides now and big yellow taxi and yeah uh, did it you know there she was in the flesh so yeah. yeah so uh yeah i'm excited to get that new set uh vinyl set coming out i think in september or october somewhere in there uh so should be should be pretty great so uh but uh yeah we have a good discussion about uh all that oh and also since then uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash's music started to trickle back onto you going a little bit of a rant about. You'll hear they, me rant in that episode. <laughs> how they were not on Spotify, but they're back on Spotify. So. Yes, they are. Joni and Neil are not, but no, they, uh, but CSN are back. So <laughs> yeah, and I did take a chance to listen to them recently on Spotify. So <laughs> that was a good move, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for listening for all these 200 episodes and we are excited to ride the journey with you on the next and we'll be back at you again soon with a new episode so keep on listening